0: da 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 da, ta, 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 da, 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 ta, da 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 Countries for Kids. Hello and welcome to Countries for Kids, a podcast where we get where we get to explore the world and its cultures. With you, my name is Elijah, and I'm here with my mom. Are you ready for an
1: adventure? I sure am Elijah. What country are we talking about this week? Sudan! That's right. To tell you the truth, when you pick this country, I was a little hesitant. The only thing I knew about it was that there was long-term wars happening over there, and I totally was very uneducated about the whole situation. It just seemed so desolate and bleak, and I thought it would be really hard to present an interesting podcast for kids about that kind of stuff. But in our research, I discovered that Sudan really has an amazing history, and it's a country with lots of diverse and interesting cultures, a rich archaeological history, and some really cool geographical features.
0: It is. We have really learned a lot in the past few weeks about this country. I want to go there so bad now. Oh
1: my gosh, I do too. So we'll be talking about travel to there in a little bit, so stay tuned. But first, let's talk about the basics. Sudan is a country in northeast Africa. It was recently split into two countries, Sudan and South Sudan, in 2011 after a really long war. We'll save South Sudan for another episode since it's its own country, the world's youngest country, in fact.
0: And it's the first country to recognize South Sudan as its own country was Sudan.
1: Isn't that crazy? Many times when countries split, they aren't about to recognize each other as independent because that means giving up land, power, and admitting that your side did not win.
0: Sudan has had a lot of political changes in the last 130 years after being colonized by Britain in 1890. It was a part of Egypt. And it only became independent in 1956.
1: About 70 percent of the population are Arab. The other main ethnic groups are the Fur, Beja, Nuba, and Nubian people.
0: Arabic and English are the two official languages, but there is 114 native languages.
1: I'm going to ask you how to say your name in Arabic. Ma ismuk?
0: Ismi Elijah. That means my name is Elijah.
1: The assignment for this week is to go to Google Translate and learn how to write your name in Arabic. Write it on a piece of paper and have your grown-up take a picture of it and post it on our Facebook page, Countries for Kids, so we can all see. Remember, Arabic is written from left, I'm sorry, right to left, instead of left to right, like English.
0: Shout out Liam Losey. My friend Liam Losey did the Ecuador project for making salto figos. I love Google Translate. It's so much fun. I like typing in other things too, like... That means "float in a camel's face.
1: <laughs> of course. As you can tell, we engage in high-class education here at the Writer Institute. Sometimes when we're just learning to write we confuse the direction we're supposed to write in in our own culture, but it's not obvious and not the same around the world or throughout history. Some languages are written right to left or left to right, but there have been cultures that wrote in one direction on one line and then the opposite direction on the next line. There are other cultures in Asia, for example, that even write up and down. So next time you're confused or write something backwards, don't worry. It just takes time to remember how to do it in English.
0: I should have studied Arabic because i instead of English, because I wrote all my letters backwards and my words backwards until like two years ago.
1: (laughs) Or maybe a few months ago, but yes, that's true. So let's talk about the geography of Sudan now. Elijah, can you remind our listeners what geography is?
0: Geography is what the land is like and how people use it.
1: Exactly. So its capital city is called Khartoum. It's where the Blue Nile and the White Nile come together to become the same Nile River you've heard of that goes into Egypt.
0: Believe it or not, there are twice as many pyramids in Sudan than Egypt. They were built by the Nubians. The
1: Nubian people still live in Sudan today. It's as rich and powerful as the Egyptians. They also have distinctively beautiful dark skin and unique facial features, which has helped scholars of North Africa understand the history of the relationships between the ancient tribes of Sudan and their northern neighbors as they were depicted in artwork and writings left by people across the region.
0: The Nubians made 255 255 pyramids. The Egyptians only built 138.
1: That's true. They got the idea from the Egyptians. They just built more. They were a lot shorter, from like 20 to 100 feet, whereas the Egyptian pyramids were as high as 450 feet. But the Nubian ones are steeper and stepped, like the Incan pyramids we talked about in the Ecuador episode, rather than smooth-faced like the Egyptian ones.
0: I'm going I'm to tell you guys about this place Go to go check out Google Earth. Do it every time you're curious about a, a place. We looked at the Nubian pyramids on Google Earth and we accidentally found this place called Miro Tented Camp Hotel. It looks so cool!
1: If you want to take a mini vacation in front of your computer, go check out the link I post on Facebook about this place. There is an escorted tour company that will take you to all the ancient archaeological sites across Sudan, including the pyramids, ancient rock carvings, and even diving on the reefs of the Red Sea. Oh my gosh, we want to go so bad. And we just accidentally found it when we were looking on Google Earth for the Nubian pyramids.
0: They drive you across the desert in land rovers. And you get to camp in real canvas tents. You get to meet nomadic people, tribes people, that and in re, in eat real Sudanese food.
1: That is crazy. I know, it sounds so cool. My heart definitely screamed in excitement how amazing this sounds. The reality is, though, that the flight there is $1,300 a person for the cheapest one we could find. We have eight people in our family, so just the flight alone would be $10,000. The tour itself, I think, is about another $10,000.
0: The US State
1: Department
0: actually currently recommends against going to Sudan because of the violence.
1: Yes, and we're gonna talk about the violence in a second, but it's interesting, too, because the tour operator says that the archeological areas don't often experience violence against Westerners, that it's more concentrated in the areas of known conflict. She's obviously trying to sell us a tour, and I actually don't have $20,000 to spend on a vacation, so I don't have to make a decision anytime soon about that. But if you have traveled there and you do have a story to tell, we would love for you to contact us uh, on our Facebook page or through our email at elijah at I'm also going to post a link to the Google Earth location and the tour company's website so you too can fantasize about your next impossible vacation tour. If you do make it there, you're going to have to change your own money into Sudanese pounds. I was about to say change your American dollars, but Countries for Kids is listened to in 10 different countries already. Thank you to all our listeners. I can't
0: believe it. So if you do travel and you're trying to figure out how much something costs, one American dollar is worth 450 Sudanese
1: pounds. There are lots of currency calculators online. And Sudan is near the equator, so the weather is tropical. In the desert, summer temperatures can get up to 110 degrees Fahrenheit. And there's not much rain in the summer there. Go back to Google
0: Earth, and you will see most of the country is a desert. There is only a little green at the bottom of the southern part and along the
1: Nile River. That's right. And one unique feature is the haboob. It's a type of intense dust storm that happens between May and July. It can reduce visibility to zero. The east coast is on the Red Sea.
0: The Red Sea goes out to the Indian Ocean and on one side the Mediterranean Sea. This makes importing and exporting easier for them. They know right we're in the middle of
1: all the shipping routes. Yep, and the Red Sea also has amazing sea life, and it's great for snorkeling and scuba diving, as well as fishing. Speaking of
0: animals, Sudan has the second highest camel population in the world.
1: It's true. Camels constitute 22% of all the animal biomass in Sudan. That means for every 100 pounds of animals, 22 of those pounds are camels. And that includes all the rats, insects, fish, and other wildlife.
0: Camels are good for walking around in the desert because their wide feet can walk across the top of the sand without sinking in at all,
1: and they are also able to survive long periods of time without food and water
0: the The trucks that you use for driving around in the in the sugar sand are very expensive and and burn. Sixty pounds of gas an
1: hour. <laughs> or something like that. In comparison, camels are relatively inexpensive. A camel costs between sixty thousand and ninety thousand Sudanese pounds or about thirteen hundred to two thousand American dollars.
0: Unless you have a racing camel, those cost over a million dollars. Race camels, just like American race horses, you should totally look up a camel racing on YouTube.
1: Camels are also used for their meat, milk, and fur. Even their poop, when dried, can be used to light fires. Can you imagine lighting fires with poop? They are historically important, too, and they've been extremely valuable to the nomadic people of Africa for all of these reasons. It's no wonder there are about 4 million camels in Sudan.
0: Camels in Africa have one hump, and they're called dromedary camels. Only Asian camels have two humps
1: and they're called Bactrian. If you ride on a dromedary camel, you ride in front of its hump on a special saddle that keeps you from falling off.
0: Camels evolved in North America as an animal that could survive in snowy climates.
1: Their broad feet acted just like snowshoes. Snow and sand are both hard to walk on with narrow feet. They just sink in. Also,
0: liquid water and food can be hard to find on a regular basis in the snowy climate, just like in the desert.
1: That's right. There were times in history where Alaska and Russia were connected by a land bridge, either because the ocean was so low or because there was so much ice on it, it connected the two.
0: During one of these times, camels just walked across from North America into Asia and eventually into Africa. Camels can eat things that other animals can, like salty plants and thorny t- twigs. They overeat when they can and store the extra fat at- in their humps. Next Mother's Day, get your mom a camel. She will love not having a car payment and not having to pay for fuel.
1: Oh my god, I would so love a camel, but what I really need with all these kids is a seven-hump-wump. What? Never mind. <laughs> Sudan is a country that has had a lot of violent wars in its short history.
0: If your parents watch the news, they may have heard of the Darfur conflict.
1: Since 2003, the Darfur region of western Sudan has been the site of terrible violence, death, and displacement. This is the main area of violence the State Department warns against.
0: Displacement means when someone has to leave their home because something so
1: bad is happening there that they can't go back at all. Sudan is called genocide. Genocide is when people are killed just because of the color of their skin, the religion they practice, or what country they are from. We talked in the Germany episode about how Hitler wanted to kill everyone who wasn't white. That was genocide too.
0: And the and of the fight is between the Arab tribes who move place to place herding camels and the blacks that make a living as farmers staying in one place.
1: The Arab tribes have a militia called the Janjaweed that try to kill black people and prevent people called humanitarian aid workers from helping them with food and medicine. Hundreds of thousands of people have been killed and millions have moved to get away from the violence. There was so much violence even towards humanitarian workers that it was really hard for people to help. Even though the whole world saw all the horrible things that were going on. A humanitarian aid worker is somebody that does not work for a government. They don't work a for-profit organization it's somebody that comes in and they are trying to help the situation without taking sides right so they don't care who's right or who's wrong they just want to take care of people who maybe don't have food who need medical help who have lost their homes anything that they might need uh, that they have lost as a result of these struggles that are going on where they live
0: The government at the time was not doing much to prevent it. Most even thought the government was paying the people that were doing the violence. The government denied it, but also they were not doing anything to help at all.
1: That's right. And the International Criminal Court even issued an arrest warrant for the president of Sudan for all these crimes because no one in the country was able to stop him. Nothing was ever really done with that, but he was eventually thrown out by force in what is called a coup.
0: A coup is a group of people that overtake the government by force.
1: In this case, it was a good coup. The current government isn't perfect at stopping the violence, but it at least wants to try to look good in front of the international community, so it doesn't try to block humanitarian aid workers from doing their jobs
0: things can still be dangerous in Sudan. U.S. Embassy workers cannot leave the capital city. They're only allowed to drive around in armored
1: cars. That means if you're an American and you leave Khartoum and you get in trouble, you can't count on the American Embassy to help you out because their workers are not even allowed to leave the city until they get special permission from the Sudanese government, which can take... Hours, days or even weeks. Sudan is also in a border dispute with Ethiopia. There's a piece of land that's a very fertile farmland right in between the two countries. Ethiopians have been farming there for a long time and then all of a sudden Sudan's government kicked them out. Both Ethiopia and Sudan think the land belongs to them. According to some old treaties, From 1902 and 1907, it does belong to Sudan, but the Ethiopian farmers have always used the land, so they don't understand why they're being kicked out all of a sudden. The rest of the world is worried about this situation because they don't want this fight to turn into a full-fledged war.
0: It's hard to live in Sudan. They have one doctor for every 10,000 people. For every 1,000 kids, 70 will die before the age of 5.
1: For context, that is 10 times the American under 5 mortality rate.
0: The employment rate is only about 50%, not even.
1: That makes the ability for families to feed themselves and their children a big problem. And access to clean water is another big challenge.
0: Not having food... Enough food or water is likely to make you sick. Even if you have a job, it's hard to do that job because you're sick.
1: Even animals can have a hard time. We watched a video about a zoo that ran out of money in Sudan and they couldn't afford to feed their lions and so all the lions were starving to death. Fortunately, this man came to the zoo with his son and saw how terrible the situation was. Bought all the lions from the zoo, started his own zoo, and rescued them all. We saw this on Nas Daily. If you guys don't know who Nas Daily is, he's really cool. I'll post a link on our Facebook page. Even though things are tough for many people in Sudan right now, I want to thank you, Elijah, for suggesting this country. I totally never would have picked it myself. We really learned a lot, and I have a profound ama- admiration for the people and their culture now.
0: You're welcome. And I hope Daddy gets a better job so that he can make more money and we can visit
1: there. <laughs> well, hopefully, and hopefully, this country becomes safer so that more people can travel to and enjoy this wonderful country.
0: As a special gift this month, half a Patreon proceeds will go to UNICEF in Sudan. So sign up today, and you'll get early access to the Sudan episode.
1: You can become a Patreon member for as little as a dollar a month and get all sorts of perks like early access to shows, being able to ask questions about the next country, and even be on the show. So go to patreon.com slash countries kids to sign up.
0: If you have questions or comments about the show, email Elijah at countries Also, don't forget your assignment for the week. Look up your name or a funny sentence in Google Translate. Post it on our Facebook page, Country Facebook
1: Countries for Kids. I want to give a special shout out to Huang Su for our intro and outro music. Do you want to say our thank you for listening in Arabic, Elijah?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Shukran for listening. See you next time when we talk about Haiti. (laughs) (laughs) Countries for kids.